Alrighty, all this week I have been doing a Week in the Life series of episodes about what we do on our food truck and then also what we do in our personal life and how we handle and juggle both of those things. So today we are up to Thursday. So I'm going to jump right in and tell you guys what we do on Thursdays. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Table Needs welcomes you to listen in as Christian and Tracy, co-owners of Restless Coffee, spill the beans on their debut year in the food truck scene, uncover the secrets behind their secret menu, how they continually provide stellar customer service, and why building a strong community following is so important. Click the link in the episode description to watch the video for free. Now, if you recall, on Wednesday, we had a little death in the family. We had one of the cats that's very attached to our son passed away. So we had to deal with that most of the day. And that put us behind a little bit on our normal prep work that we would do. So on Thursday, I get up normally at 5.30. So on this particular Thursday, I got up at exactly 5.30. Normally, I'm one of those people that's slow to wake up. So I'll kind of sit there for a few minutes or lay there for a few minutes, try to wake up. Then I'll sit up, look at my phone to see what's been going on in the Facebook group overnight and kind of wake up during that few minutes where I'm scrolling through to see what needs to be approved as far as posts go and if there's been any moderation alerts that I need to handle. As soon as I get good and woke up, usually takes me about 10 minutes. I get up, go in, take a shower, and then I'm going to head over to the food truck. After I get done with my shower, I wake up Melissa, and then she's going to take uh, her time waking up, and she does it as slowly as I do, and then she ends up heading over to the food truck when she gets fully awake. So when I get to the food truck, I want to describe our food truck to you. So as soon as I open the door, and remember our food truck is located in our RV park. It is a straight line from our RV that we live in, and I can walk to it in two minutes, perhaps, if I walk really slow. Open up the back door, and inside the trailer, we're going to have on the left-hand side, starting with the back door, there's a 15-pan Megatop Hosasaki prep cooler. Right next to it is a 5-foot table. That table straddles the wheel well. We cut off both of the back legs so it's at the right height to be able to keep a flat surface between the prep station and the prep table. Moving down towards the back part of the trailer where the sink package is, the next thing besides that 5-foot table, which has a shelf on it, sitting on that 5-foot table is going to be our pizza oven. It's a 42-inch total chain pizza oven. So next to that table, we have a 24-inch square prep table and we're using it to land things on it. That's where we would land the pizzas and cut them up and box them up. Beside of that table, and that table is also straddling the wheel well. One leg is on, one leg is off. So beside of that, we have a 27-inch true freezer unit, and it is a work top. So on top of it, I have a warmer unit that we put our biscuits in, we put our sausage in, we put the gravy in, and that's what we're going to use to hold the pizzas while we're waiting on somebody to come and pick up a pizza they've ordered. So that unit sits again on top of the true freezer. Right beside that holding unit is a small coffee maker that we use the little K-cups in, but I make my own K-cups. I don't spend the crazy amount of money they want you to spend on those K-cups. So I put in coffee in the little K-cup holders, and then I can brew one cup at a time. Again, we are not super high volume, and I sell way more iced coffee than I do hot coffee. So it's not a problem for me to brew 
one cup at a time. But I also understand that we do have families that come in. I have a bigger Mr. Coffee coffee maker where I can brew a whole pot at one time. So I've got a backup in case somebody comes up and orders three or five coffees. So I'm not making them wait on me to do one at a time. Then there is about an 18 inch gap. And then our triple sink starts, goes across the back. Now above the 24 inch prep table and above the true refrigeration unit, there are two 48 inch wire shelves that we put, you know, pots and pans and other paper products and stuff up there on the shelving units. If we were to travel, we would strap those in with bungee cords so that nothing is sliding and moving off. So now we're on to the sink package. Again, a triple sink goes across the back. Right beside the triple sink, we have the hand wash sink. The triple sink that we have has drain boards on both sides. So we can stack dirty dishes on one side, have the wash, rinse, and sanitize all set up. And then we have the drain board to allow our stuff to dry. Back behind the triple sink, it is a Venos trailer. So there is the Venos across the back. That's where we set some of our small appliances that we use. We have two Instapots that we use for some of the meat products that we do. We also have Mr. Coffee sits back there. I have a rack that goes through a dish machine, but I use it to hold all the, the scoops and the ladles and the spatulas and all those kind of things are sitting inside of that, and that allows them to dry nice and easily. Then along the wall beside the hand wash sink, we have obviously paper towels. We've got the soap to wash your hands with. We've got a first aid kit. Above the paper towels, I have a rack that holds squirt bottles with degreaser, an all-purpose cleaner, and then a sanitized water. So all of that is right around coming back on the side, on the right-hand side, where the pickup window is or the order taking window is right next to the triple sink there's a gap another 18 or so inch gap we've got a trash can there to to dump our paper towels when we wash our hands right beside that trash can is an 18 inch by 30 inch countertop it does not touch the wheel well it sits right adjacent to the wheel well and on it i have the different flavors i have for the lemonades and the iced coffees we use monin products so there is a rack that holds 11 bottles of different monin flavors beside of that countertop is a 108 quart ice bin and it's self-draining so that way I don't have to worry about there being water accumulated in the bottom of an ice bin. That's a big no-no for the health department. Beside the ice bin I used to scoop ice for drinks and lemonades, the iced coffees and lemonades, I have two more coolers that are set one on top of another. The bottom one's empty. I use it to refill all the other ice bins. The other cooler is a smaller cooler that I hold in it the ingredients for the iced coffees, the oat milk that we use, the 2% milk that we use. I also have a Almond Joy creamer that I use to make a, a soda drink with. And then I've got iced tea. All of that is inside that cooler. I keep it iced and I take temperatures on it throughout the day and record those temperatures so that I can prove to the health department that the food that we're holding in there, especially the dairy products, are held below 40 degrees. Once a day, I will empty out the excess water that is melted so it becomes mostly ice with a little bit of water in the very bottom of it because water helps conduct the temperature much, much better than if you were just to set it in a, in a bunch of ice that has no water in the bottom of it. And we fill that particular ice bin up out of the one I use for the drinks. We fill it up usually once a day. Going from there, there's a small gap, just big enough for me to stand into. And that's exactly where our order taking window is. We have an order taking window that has four panels. Each panel is roughly 15 inches or so wide. The two middle panels slide and there's two screens. So we can open up the glass part and have two screens, or we can open up one glass and have one screen. The two end panels, they are fixed. They do not slide. So everything has to be handed out through that middle section. 
the way that ours is laid out, only the one right-hand side sliding unit can be used. So that's the one I take orders from and the one I pass out food from. It is a little congested if we're busy, but again, we are intentionally low volume. So very rarely do I have to pass out food at the same time I have to take an order. It does happen, but it's not a constant having to fight with people. Hey, can you step aside for a second so I can hand this food out? Beside of that, there is another 18-inch counter. This is a 2-foot by 18-inch counter that I have my cash drawer sitting on, and then the POS system that we use is sitting on top of that. And I use, at this moment, an 8-inch tablet to be my POS. There's a problem with that because the tablet's just a little bit too small. So in all likelihood, I'm going to order a much bigger tablet for me to use for the POS system. But for right now, the 8-inch tablet works just fine. Beside of that counter is another 5-foot counter. One leg has been cut off because it's straddling the wheel well or sitting on top of the wheel well. And then it's got two shelf unit above it. That's where Melissa does most of her prep work. On that particular counter, there is a microwave. There is a open space for her to wrap sandwiches and assemble sandwiches. There is a small panini press. There's a toaster for us to create toast for our breakfast products. And then there is an electric eye. So if you can imagine all that equipment set in sequence there, it's very tight. She has just enough room to pull a wrap and be able to assemble whatever sandwich she's assembling. Very, very tight space. On the two shelves above it, are all the things that she's going to need to either cook or to wrap or to prepare sandwiches. That's on the immediate shelf above the workstation. Then on the upper shelf, there's backup paper supplies and potato chips and that kind of thing. So that's where a lot of our food is. On the under counter shelf, the one that's below the work surface, we have the meat slicer that I pull out to slice all of our meats. We have a instant hot water pot. Basically what it does is it boils water in just a few seconds. And that's what we use to make our gravy with. So we can make small batches of gravy and I'll have to make a whole bag of gravy at one time. There's also some backup herbs and other things she uses to flavor some of the foods that we sell. And then there's a spot where she is storing her frying pans where she's cooking the eggs. We do two types of eggs. We do a round sandwich egg, and that is done in a microwave. And once you learn how to do it, it's real, real simple. So what we do is we take an egg, crack it into this holder. We break the yolk, salt and pepper it, put it into the microwave. It takes about 50 seconds, it comes out, and it is a perfectly cooked egg to go on a sandwich. It's round, looks good, has the, the taste similar to an Egg McMuffin egg because their yolks are only broken. It's not a scrambled egg. The reason we have frying pans is so we can do the scrambled eggs or platters. We don't get into over easy, over hard, sunny side up. We don't get into that simply because it creates problems as far as cooking on a single eye. So that makes us very linear. So the people that have a you know 18 inch, 24 inch, 36 inch griddle they can cook a whole bunch of eggs at once. We can only cook at most four scrambled eggs at one time. Typically, we're only cooking two at a time. So it makes it a little bit difficult to have multiple orders that have platters on it. Okay, and that takes us back to the back door. And that's all the equipment that we have on that trailer. Now let's talk about what we do. So as soon as I get there, I'm usually there right at six o'clock or within a couple of minutes of six o'clock. First thing I do is open up the door. I go in and turn on the warming unit. And then we have a small convection oven. I forgot to mention it. It's on the lower shelf on the left-hand side and we use it to cook our biscuits. I also use it to cook sausage and to cook bacon in. So I'm turning on that oven so it can preheat. Turn on both of those units as I walk through go to the triple sink and set up the wash, rinse, and sanitize. So as those sinks are filling up, I'm going to get our leftover gravy from the day before. I'm putting it in the microwave to reheat it. How we do it is we microwave it for three minutes. 
I'm going to stir it with a spatula and then continue that process until it hits the 165 reheat temperature. Once it hits that 165 reheat temperature, it goes into the holding unit. While I'm doing each of those three minute intervals where I'm, when I'm not messing with the gravy and it's in the microwave just doing its thing, I'm setting up biscuits to go into the oven. I'm setting up bacon. I'm setting up sausage. The biscuits will be the last thing that I cook because I want them to be as hot as possible when we go to open. So I start with the sausage because it cooks the quickest and it holds all through breakfast. Usually cook four to six pieces at a time. Bacon. We sell bacon all through breakfast and all through lunch because we sell BLTs and we have a club sandwich that has bacon on it. So we have to have bacon all day long. So I'm cooking a lot of bacon. I cook usually eight strips at a time. I put four on each pan, cook it in the oven. It takes about 17 minutes to cook and it comes out just under being crispy. And I have a timer for each one of those on the upper shelf of the prep table I was telling you about. It has a timer. The timer has four different channels that I can set different times on. I have one set for two minutes, which is just a, we need to add on cooking because something's not quite hot enough. So we set a two minute timer. We have a timer set for the biscuits, which is a seven minute timer. When the biscuits are done after the seven minutes, they are above the 140 degree serving temperature and they're cooked. All we gotta do is add on the butter, ready to go. We use a par baked biscuit. The other two timers are set one for sausage, one for bacon. The way that I do both the sausage and the bacon is I cook them halfway through, so the timers have to be used twice. When it goes off the first time, I'm taking the product out of the oven and flipping it over. Doing the same with the bacon, turning it over. Putting it back into the oven and hitting the timers the second time. When the product is done, because remember, I'm juggling all this by going back and forth to the microwave, going back and forth to the oven when something goes off. When it gets done, I pull out the one product and then put the new product in. So if I pull out the sausage, then the bacon's going to go in. I don't like to co-mingle the sausage with the bacon simply because the bacon is going to splatter, and I don't want that getting onto the sausage or to the biscuits if I was trying to cook biscuits. So the bacon's always going to go in by itself. The sausage always goes in by itself. The biscuits always go in by their self. When I pull out a meat product, I'm going to put out a line of paper towels and I'm going to take those pieces of meat and lay them on the paper towels to absorb the grease that is accumulated on the top and then get the grease off the bottom. Then I'm going to take those products and put them into their appropriate pans and set them in the holding unit. Bacon we hold at room temperature. And then Melissa just pops it in the microwave for 10 to 15 seconds to give it that little boost of heat. The bacon I wrap, the eight pieces that I cook at a time, I wrap them in aluminum foil. So we have packets of eight strips of bacon so that way we're keeping track of how much bacon we got all day long when she gets down to only having one or one and a half packets left that means she's got about 10 strips which would make two blts she tells me she needs more bacon then i can run the bacon through the oven again so i have six pans that i work off of to do the biscuits to do the bacon to do the sausage ideally once i get all of those things cooked for our opening i'm only working off of one or two pans the whole rest of breakfast unless we're super busy and then i have to cook bacon again a second time The sausage I cook multiple times through the morning. The biscuits I cook multiple times through the morning. The way that we do our biscuits, we can cook as few as one and up to six at a time. And the sausage is the same way. We can cook as few as one or up to six pieces on one tray. And I actually could cook a total of 12 at one time if I absolutely had to. The biscuits, I can only do one tray at a time. And again, the maximum will hold is six biscuits. Typically, we start out with five. And usually when we sell one or two, we go ahead and start the next run of biscuits. Again, they only take seven minutes. Not a bad hold time if we actually run out. On Thursdays, Melissa has to come in. She usually comes in about 6.30. 
and she starts doing a fresh gravy. She'll start doing a the pulled pork that we do, the, the mojo pulled pork that we create our Cuban with. And she'll also do a fresh taco meat. She had to do all of these on this Thursday because normally she would do it Wednesday evening. But because of what we had with the cat dying, we had to put all of that off until the Thursday morning. I also didn't do any of my slicing, which meant that once we got the food truck open, I was going to have to slice the different meats that we use, the ham, the pepperoni, salami, and roast beef. Roast beef, we had enough carryover, we didn't have to slice, but I did have to slice a full stick of salami, a full stick of pepperoni, and a full 10 pounds of ham. So I had to do all of that in between taking orders. And it's something I'm accustomed to because we had to do that at Quiznos all the time. So it wasn't a big deal. For some people, it could be a panic, but it's not. You just get used to doing what you got to do. The way that our service works is we have a couple of people that they are coming as soon as I put up our flags. We have two flags and we have taught all of our residents that if the flags are up, we're open. If the flags are not up, we're not open. The flags can be seen from about 50% of the park, more or less. So that gives that visual cue to a lot of people. Seven o'clock, as soon as we get ready to open, I go out, put those two flags up, I take a towel with me. I wipe down the serving shelf where the pickup window is. I wipe down the picnic table that we have. We also have a bench for people to sit at. I wipe that down and we have a trash can there for people that choose to eat at the picnic table. They have somewhere to throw away the trash. So all that stuff gets wiped down. We make it look very nice and inviting. We have a small tree that's on the RV site and it gives plenty of shade for people in the summertime. And then it also has a few plants decorated around it. So it looks pretty nice. It's a very inviting space. For someone to come and order some food. So at seven o'clock we open up. There's a gentleman that lives right across the street from us. He comes over every morning. He gets two English muffins and a sausage patty for his dog. He visits us every single day that we're open. He's almost always the first guest that we have. And that's awesome. He spends $10.14 every single time he comes over. I do not mind that a bit. Then there's a couple other folks that come in within the first half hour or so. They are consistent. They get a biscuit sandwich they get a biscuit and gravy. Then we get the people that only come and visit us once or twice during the week that we're open. And they'll come and get the platters and the biscuit and gravies and spend a little bit more money. On average, we do well over $100 for breakfast. So it gives us plenty of time to be able to do the meat slicing and all the other prep work we do to get ready for lunch. We have done uh, as much as $300 for breakfast. And it was still relatively easy because, again, Melissa and I both worked at Hardy's. We both worked at Burger King. We actually met at Burger King. She worked at McDonald's when she was a teenager. I worked at McDonald's when I was older. So we've done breakfast. It is not a problem for us to put out breakfast. We've got the the workload very balanced so that as soon as an order comes in with certain products on it, I know what I got to do to help her. And then she knows what she needs to do to get the food out in a timely manner. Breakfast is easy. Most people don't want to do breakfast because it is a low check average. The neat thing about breakfast, though, is it becomes a habit. People incorporate you into that habit because their day is just first starting. It's going to be the first meal. So no matter what their habits are, if they include you, they're going to see you very frequently. As I said, we have gentlemen and we have a lady that comes every single day that we're open. And then we got other folks that are coming two to three times out of the four that were open. They don't come every day, but they come the majority of days. We're a part of their habit. And of course, the restriction is money. Can they afford to eat out for four mornings in a row? So that's what we do to get up set up for breakfast. Now tomorrow I spend more time talking about what we do at lunchtime. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. 
Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.